0: I record this episode especially tribute to Take Present 2021 online exhibition. I met Davanti last year. He introduced me to join the movement and I met Colimbo Gober, and Spatler, especially helped me a lot when I tried to get into the NFT and the digital art industry. I used to do a lot of a digital design. I have an interior design company and I have a web design company. I didn't use all these tours and apps and technology for a long time. But ever since I started to create NFTs and I learned all these tools again, and I really gained a lot of knowledge because I joined this Take Pressure easier movement. Now my uh, NFT is presented in these uh, online exhibitions. Um, this one is already sold out, but I, I really like to uh, also share this uh, online exhibition to all the art lovers, especially people who want to get into the field. Take-Pressionism is a movement, it's a new genre. Like, like uh, uh, Jason Polar, we have uh, extra-expressionism. Take-Pressionism is artists that use the technology to express the inner ex- experience. Um, I'm so grateful, and I feel really highly ex- excited that I am part of the movement. Um, and you also can check taketakepressurenisiand.com uh, to see the online exhibition is still on view. Um, And the, the rest of these recording it will be just like a documentary of the the original Zoom meeting.
1: Today. I'm very happy, Helen, that you could make it. And uh, yeah, she, uh, Helen is responsible for helping really crystallize the, all, all of the ideas you know, behind the development of this project as well as the definition of the term. And um, she actually was the first person to use the term in print um, back in 2011. Recording in progress.
2: Hello, hello, and welcome, everyone, to our Tech's Freshism Virtual Salon. This is our 29th meeting and it's kind of a big one because today we are actually going to debut our Text Personism 21 virtual exhibition that comprises about what, 93 different artists across the globe. 95. Um, 95, whoops. I'm sorry for those two people I left out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's kind of a big deal Um, and uh, well, First of all, I'm Devonte Bradley, otherwise known as Davo, usually the moderator for these wonderful meetings. Uh, and joining me are the host of a bunch of other artists and supporters of this movement, uh, all wonderful folks. And um, well, here pretty much how it's going to go is that, you know, we're going to have Colin, who coined the term to express this one. And Patrick kind of give an intro to what this whole exhibition is about, how the project started you know, all the work that went into it and, you know, just how meaningful it is to us. And, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much covers everything, I think. So that being said, um, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen, give you guys a walkthrough of the exhibition while Colin and Patrick do their thing.
1: All right, awesome and um for all you that joined us um just now uh, the show is now live at com. it'll be on the home page uh through the end of the year and uh the permanent address of the show is slash ts 2021 so that's going to redirect to the home page through december 31st and after that point it'll be permanently archived at that address um so i First of all, I'd like to thank Davo, our moderator, as well as my co-curator, Patrick Lichty, and our advisor, Helen Harrison, um, for all of your time and energy put forth towards this project uh, so far. Um, my name is Colin Goldberg, and i um, zooming in from southern Vermont in the uh, Green Mountain National Forest, where uh, we moved um, a couple months ago. So. Um, I'd also like to thank all the amazing artists who contributed work towards this exhibition as well as everyone in the audience attending today. And uh, while our, our moderator Davo takes you through on a quick walkthrough of the show, I'm gonna just provide a quick overview of Texpressionism and how we got to where we are today. Uh, so I originally came up with the term Texpressionism in 2011 as a title for a self-produced solo show at Four North Main Gallery in Southampton, New York. And the term was first used in print um, in the exhibition catalog, which included an essay written by the critic and curator, Helen Harrison, who is here with us today. Um, Helen is the director of the Pollock-Krasner House and Study Center in East Hampton, New York, and is now serving as Texpressionism's advisor. She's also the former curator of the Parish Art Museum in Southampton, New York, as well as Guildhall Museum in East Hampton, New York. In 2014, I decided to write a manifesto as a way to capitulate some of the ideas that I feel Texpressionism represents. I was inspired by other artistic manifestos of the past, including Andre Breton's Surrealist Manifesto and Marinetti's Futurist Manifesto. There's ten points in the original manifesto, but I feel that the first three are the most central. The first one is that the computer and technology in general are not separate from humankind but are a natural extension of us. Two, technology is a continuum which is as old as humanity, not a novelty or fad. Three. The computer is one of a long string of tools which have enabled human expression, including the typewriter, the camera, the printing press, the pen, the pencil, and paint. Expressionism was first referred to as a movement in the Wired article "If Picasso had a MacBook Pro, which was published in 2014. Um, It got its first television coverage in 2015 in a PBS interview I did during an artist residency at the studios of Key West, airing on the PBS show Art Loft, and that was uh, in PBS Miami, and it later got syndicated to uh, other PBS stations across the U.S. Uh, and in the summer of 2020, I did the Google News search for expressionism, and I happened to see that an artist named Oz Van Rosen, whose work is included in this exhibition, had used the term to describe her work in an article online. I believe the publication was called Beyond Photography. Um, and so I reached out to Oz to see if she was interested in participating in putting an artist group together around the idea of expressionism. She liked the concept and we discussed using Instagram as a platform to locate like-minded artists. Later that month, I met with, with artist Steve Miller to discuss the viability of working toward establishing expressionism as a term of art historical nomenclature. I'd first met Miller in 1993 through an undergraduate internship in which I worked as Steve's studio assistant. We developed initial language for a website and developed a strategy to propagate the term expressionism" through the use of social media and hashtags. And on August 22nd of 2020, Texpressionism.com launched from the front porch of Steve Miller's studio in Sagaponic, New York. Shortly thereafter, I presented the idea to Helen Harrison, who agreed to be the, the group's advisor. And uh, Helen suggested the development of an exhibition as a framework for the development of an artist group and it was decided that a virtual exhibition would make the most sense in light of the coronavirus pandemic. An account was established on the Kunstmatrix VR exhibition platform to begin initial research and planning of the event, which is opening today, a little over one year later. On September 1st in 2020, the first Texpressionist Salon meetup was conducted via Zoom. The Texpressionist Salon was conceived of as a modern counterpart to the Surrealist Salons of the 1920s, in which artists could meet informally to socialize and discuss ideas. In addition to myself, Steve Miller, Helen Harrison, and Oz Oz Van Rosen, the first salon included artist and theorist Patrick Lichty, a colleague of mine from graduate school at Bowling Green State University in Ohio. Over a decade ago, we earned our MFA degrees in computer art together studying under Greg Little, whose work is also included in this exhibition, um, which Patrick uh, has co-curated with me. Um, in the initial Salon Meetup, the group came to a consensus on the primary definition for Texpressionism, which is an artistic approach in which technology is utilized as a means to express emotional experience, and that definition is really a mashup of um, the definitions of technology and expressionism, uh, specifically expressionism, um, uh, but Helen actually made the suggestion that um, the initial definition used the word style, an artistic style in which technology is utilized as a means to express emotional experience. And I think it's important to state that one of her main contributions, in my opinion, was that that word style was replaced with the word approach. So this is not um, work that's unified by a, a sort of a tech aesthetic in any way, in my opinion. It's a very diverse um, body of work that is unified by the approach and the philosophy behind the, the methodology um, involved in the making of the work, not necessarily work that all looks the same, which I think is an important distinction when we're seeing things like glitch art and other things like that um, out there uh, on the net today. Uh, so with the um, addition of Patrick, who was teaching in Abu Dhabi at the time, this core group effectively became Texpressionism's founders when we met and came to a consensus on the definition of the term. Um, shortly after the first salon, Patrick uh, suggested a set of revisions to the original manifesto resulting in version 2, which is the text currently posted on the website. And in October of 2020, the the Texpressionist Visual Artists Index was established, which is a curated selection of artists primarily located through their use of the hashtag Texpressionism on Instagram. The first artist to be added to the index was Marcos Peclavanos, one of the artists in this show he's been followed by a growing international selection of artists, now including over 270 artists from 40 different countries around the world. Um, On January 5th, the Texpressionism YouTube channel launched containing recordings of our salons, starting with salon number eight, and a new Texpressionist artist interview series initiated by artist Roz Diamond, whose work is included in this exhibition. On February 1st, Texpressionism.com began a strategic partnership with German technology firm Kunstmatrix Technologies, AG, uh, which is the uh, the technology platform that this show is, is being hosted on today. Um, on April 15th, Textpressionism Collab, the first group exhibition of Texpressionism artworks, opened during Salon Number 15. This ongoing project, initiated and curated by our moderator, Davo, was inspired by the idea of notable collaborations like Warhol and Basquiat, as well as the collaborative spirit of the jazz tradition, which Basquiat also drew inspiration from. The project involves two artists passing a digital file back and forth to result in a collaborative piece. And you can see the two different collab shows on a, on the website at com slash exhibitions. On May 5th in 2021, NFT Now, an international online juried exhibition of NFT works launched. And that show is curated by Anne Spalter, whose work is also in this exhibition. Uh, then the show opened live on Zoom for public viewing um, using Kunstmatrix, matrix, including a catalog and a curatorial essay by Ms. Spalter. The show is featured in Artnet News as a freeze week editor's pick by senior editor, Sarah Cascombe. And the recording was recorded. Lot li- the opening was recorded live, like this one is, via Zoom, and is available for viewing on YouTube. Uh, so, coming into uh, this month, on October twentieth, the hashtag Texpressionism hit twenty-five thousand posts on Instagram. Uh, and today, um, Text Expressionism twenty twenty-one is opening, which is the first large-scale survey of Text Expressionist artworks. Uh, the show includes art works from 95 artists spanning 26 different countries and the show and associated artist interviews comprise the Texpressionist pavilion at the Wrong Biennale Number 5 which is opening up at therong.org on November 1st. Um, I envision the current manifestation of Texpressionism really as a decentralized collaborative social sculpture and the German artist Joseph Beuys created the term social sculpture to embody his understanding of art's potential to transform society. As a work of art, a social sculpture involves human activity that strives to structure and shape society or the environment. The central idea of a social sculptor is an artist who creates structures in society using language, thoughts, actions, and objects. Since the concept of social sculpture has been an inspiration for this project thus far, I'm gonna close with three transformative goals I have for Texpressionism personally. The first would be the presentation of innovative work in a broad range of styles, reflecting the expressive potential of electronic media. The second would be the demonstration that artists have always adopted contemporary technologies for creative purposes. This isn't something that just started with the computer. And the third would be that curatorial inclusivity um, is a priority in terms of gender equality and international focus and sociocultural diversity. This past February, an exhibition proposal for Texpressionism Beyond Digital received approval from Southampton Art Center. Um, And uh, the exhibition will open at Southampton Art Center in Southampton, New York in April, 2022, and will run through the summer of that year. The show is going to encompass a selection of paintings, drawings, prints, sculptural, and video works, as well as an immersive uh, component, and it'll be the first physical group exhibition of Expressionist artworks. Um, one last thing: um, within the last week or so, a bunch of different artists in this show had mentioned that they had their work minted as NFTs. This wasn't the original game plan, but I wanted to make it, um, you know, something where if artists have work. sell they're able to monetize this uh, exhibition in some way so if any of the other artists um, who have not yet minted their work as an NFT wish to do so um, please send me the link to your NFT it has to be the piece that's already in the exhibition and I will add it to the online gallery so um, that's all for me thanks for listening everyone and I'm now gonna hand the mic over to my co curator
3: uh, Patrick okay thanks Colin Um, this is going to be very interesting because of the fact that uh, um, myself um, I think that we're probably flipping the um, flipping our usual um, positions is that myself is that uh, you're you're being the um, artist in the field and myself being the academic I think that you know uh, I I thank you very much for that uh, kind of um, rather thorough uh academic and rather quantitative uh you know pro, you know the history of of expressionism. and the thing is is that to your uh maybe that your apollonian um position on this I'm, I'm possibly going to be maybe the uh representing the the, the Dionysian, you know uh side of expressionism. um so i have a, i have a little uh, manifesto or um offer it hopefully in the most positive way uh, possible. So um, I wanna say that this, on this opening of the 2021 Annual of the tech Freshness Community Exhibition, I wanna give a few words in humility that may not sound so humble at all. Humble in that I realize that what I might be saying may be taken as the height of audacity or even arrogance, but humility, understanding that we're standing really in no less than the center of history itself. So I wanna quote one of the fathers of the genre, Vasily Kandinsky, and there's a quote that's often um, quoted, but I want to quote all of it and reply to it. Every work of art is the child of its age, and in many cases, the mother of our emotions. And this is something that resonates with us. It follows that each period of culture produces an art of its own, which can never be repeated. Efforts to revive the art principles of the past will best produce an art that is stillborn or dead. It is impossible for us to live and feel like the ancient Greeks, now uh, the thing is, before, if anybody judges me for invoking this particular quote in its whole, give me just a moment of your time. I'm not, for, in a way, if I can be, uh, be a little bit like I'm doing nothing less than a living white guy entering an argument with a dead white guy on the matter of art history itself as one of the problems of art history these days in itself. But our moment is driven by far more than that being that we're inspired by the principles of Expressionism and as expressive technologies don't mean that we're trying to revive things like German Expressionism, AbEx or Neo Expressionism, it means that we are nothing less than an ongoing set of descendants from dozens of countries of countless shades and genders inspired by those ideas that those people put in motion. To use Kandinsky's metaphor, we're not looking to live as the ancient Greeks, as he said, as much as Pollock or Basilit sought to live like Kandinsky and Winter Kirchner. Forebears of the first wave of the Avant felt that they were singular in their vision. But what they did instead was to put forth a golden sound that resonates on through time to this day. The expressionists could no more see beyond themselves to the abstract expressionists, as they could no, no more see further to the color field artists and the neo-expressionists. Kandinsky had no more idea about Pollock and Krasner, as they had no more inkling of people like, like Kiefer and Bassett's decades later, or people like Goldberg or myself, or Edis Sabian or Diamond, Gellis, Little, Spalder, Gellis, uh, Harrison, Andrew, Rubin, or Bradley. I'm being really audacious and I know it. But the thing is, is this any more audacious than any artist believing that they belong in a gallery or a museum? Or is this any more audacious than the words of artists like Dali or Kandinsky himself? in saying that we're artists of our time wishing to express ourselves through technological means it isn't to live in weimar germany or on the lower east side of in new york and chicago or any place else we're not these people we don't live in those times but as art history proves ideas resonate in their own way in their own time and that is where i believe we are with expressionism over the last year or two We've been gathered here thinking about how expression reveals itself through technology, even considering that the wheel itself is a technology, just as much as oil paint. We just intend to use digital means just as Warhol first did in his first portraits of Debbie Harry on the, um, on the Amiga 1000, nevertheless. So the last six months or so, Colin and I have been sifting through almost 3000 works which is an ambitious task in itself. And we had a couple of fights over this one. um, But however, as all times in history, we've gone through this arduous process of choosing and presenting what I think is a great cross-section of maybe not what I would call movement, but a community of like-minded individuals, a living social sculpture, to paraphrase boys as, as Colin did, We've had a sublime conversation, and I have hopes this conversation continues for quite some time. So in answering what I hope some might have thought was a questioning of our own motives, you know, through the words of one of the seminal expressionists himself, I hope that you see what I'm getting at here is that we're children of our own time, with our own art, that resonates with the same vibrancy for the human condition that Kandinsky and Munter, had when they started the Blau Rider, and when Kirchner start and his group started the uh, De Bruca. In this way, text agree that art is a child of its time. This is our art. This is our time and this is our community. And I hope in this way that the power of our collectiveness deserves to be seen and heard in space and time. I want to thank Colin for asking me to be part of this. I want to ask all of you who have been part of this group. I want to thank all the artists who came before us in this great tradition. And I want to thank all the artists who took part in the exhibition. And I hope you have a lot of fun seeing this. Thanks a lot.
2: Thank you so much, you two. Thank you, Patrick. And thank you, Colin, for your words. I'm still actually trying to get through the, um, some of the video um, entries for the exhibition. I have gotten through a good chunk of them so far. Um, but the, <laughs> the platform doesn't allow for autoplaying during the guided Choice. so it's whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I have no words, actually, really. <laughs> to, other than just gratitude um, for just the opportunity for being here and being able to be a part of this movement too. And it's it's a really special place. Like this this is kind of like my home away from home. And yeah, uh, I I hope to be a part of this, a part of you guys' lives, and I hope I'm part of you guys' lives for as long as possible. Or as long as this will go, which will hopefully be forever. <laughs> if I had my way anyway. But um, anyway, thank you so much, you too. Thank you, Colin, and thank you, Patrick. And um, I think we can go ahead and get started with some of the artists talking about their works. I'm going to try and get there a few more of these um, visual pieces first, because there were quite a few. And I'm just like trying to get to them based off of me- uh, memory. <laughs> think i've covered quite a few of them and if i didn't get to your piece and to so one of the um, visual ones or animated ones sorry um i do apologize because
1: there are quite a few
2: all right so
1: for all you guys that came in late and thank you davo um the show is now live at taxpressionism.com it will reside there until the end of the year, at which point it will be archived um, back at the permanent address for the show, which is com slash TS 2021. And each artist um, is gonna be invited that's here. Um, if you haven't put your name in the chat and you wanna talk about your work, um, just drop your name in the chat and we're gonna go through in the order that they appeared in the chat. I think Nina um, had mentioned that she had a had a, um, an engagement uh, Lead off with her, but we're going to give each artist three minutes. I'm going to be the timekeeper, so um, when it hits two minutes, I'm just going to jump in and say one minute, one minute, and that'll let you know that there's um, it's time to start uh, wrapping it up.
2: All right, I got one more, I think. I think this is the last one. <laughs> All right, so we have Nina, and I will get to your work real quick, actually.
4: And... All right okay.
2: There, Nina.
5: Yeah, I'm here. All
2: right.
5: Here. <laughs> okay. No, I was waiting for you to say. Go. Oh no, no! I was just making sure that you're still here. Okay, okay. Um, I'm, I'm here. Um, can everybody hear I me mean, now? I'm on gallery view. Yes. All right. Um. Okay. Are you showing the work at the same time? That's my question.
2: Uh, would you would you like to show the work as you speak? Well,
5: well I I don't know. maybe so people understand what I'm talking. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It, I, it, it, okay. All right. Um.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good idea, you know, just so um, probably the majority of the time can be spent looking at
3: the And and, and thank you so much for being part of the exhibition. We really do appreciate it. Mm
6: -hmm.
5: Um, So most of um, my work throughout, from the 60s through now, uh, has basically been about uh, speaking about the uh, cultural issues. uh, championing unsung heroes, which is something I'm very involved with now still currently, um, a glo- a global warming, climate change issues have been very important to me. Uh, I created a cloud house in 2004, which, um, was also a soothsayer telling you how, uh, inclement weather conditions that were going to be happening. Um, uh so here in 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 this piece it's mm, the smoke that's filling your lungs whether you can see it or not (laughs) um just reminding that treating subjects as outliers just as artists are treated as outliers not into the mainstream vocabulary which was a little bit of what was just presented which i i I love that consciousness being presented um uh, that we all um have a voice and we have something to say and we hope that our our community and others uh, outside of our community will learn from it uh, experience it and be excited about changing changing things it's it's really a, a, an act a call to act, action is something that I've used technology to um, portray my visions.
2: Okay. Hey, <laughs> right, thank you, thank you, and thank you for being part of this project and this this community. I'm going
1: to try to drop a link in the chat for each person, too, so you guys can pull up some information while they're sharing. Yep. Uh, and I guess
2: for going forward, um, if you'd like for your work to be on the screen the whole time, just let me know. Um, because originally we were going to you know, just show the work for a little bit and then have the person talk so that everyone can be seen like as a speaker. But if you'd rather just have your work shown um, the entire time that you're speaking, that's that's fine, too. All right, and I think up next we have uh, Lights. of uh, Renata. So I will get to your work really quick.
7: I'd like the work to stay on the screen while I, while I speak.
2: All righty, can do.
7: Thanks, uh, everybody. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here today. An honor to be in this setting. It's text specialism. 2021. Um, This piece is called Fury, and uh, you can see from the contents of this composition that it's about rage. And when I did this piece back in 2018, um, I was angry because I was working as a caregiver, a medical caregiver for my family members, and I was helping to care for my nonagenarian parents and my younger brother who uh, unfortunately has suffered a stroke so i've watched them suffer and i tried my best to see to it that they had lives of great dignity even in their suffering which meant i was often at odds with the medical establishment who constantly advised me that i should just let them all die and give up all the struggle about death with dignity and Um, having uh, a life of comfort in as much as it was humanly possible for them to have it. So in this moment, I I took a photograph. I documented my caregiving journey with my family members um, with photographs using my smartphone. I had an LG torch, which cost $47 from, I think, Best Buy or Walmart or something like that and I needed instruments that fit in my pocketbook uh, because when you're a caregiver, you don't have time or space to be setting up easels and you handling brushes and dealing with chemicals that might make um, sick people even more ill. So That's one minute. in this moment, I took the photo and I thought about how I felt with watching the suffering, watching my mother die, and actually pronouncing her death in our home, and then losing my brother as well, I just said no. The one word I could think of was to say no. The scream when I took the photo was silent, and I did not want to uh, leave it silent. So I selected a font, which I thought expressed how I felt, which was you know like barbed wire being ripped out of your throat. And the single word I chose to communicate, that angst, was no. This is something that we all understand. So it's a digital painting uh, superimposed upon a digital photograph.
6: That's time.
2: All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And next up we have, looks like Chalda. All you have the floor.
8: Hi, I'm Chalda Maloff. I'm in Austin, Texas. I have been working in digital art for maybe 30 years now. I have a degree in the history of art and then a graduate degree in computer science. And this was uh, in the 70s. And so I saw some of the very first um, computer graphics software and uh, I was blown away. Um, My work is about optimism, positive emotions, spirituality. It's mostly abstract, but it has uh, realistic elements, maybe the, uh, and and botanic elements too. Um, I use commercial art software. This was, this particular piece was done with Carell Painter and Photoshop, and uh, there's no photography involved. It's a freehand tablet drawing um, with some digital collage and um, different filters. And uh, I do print these, I print them in house. I have a a large format um, art printer. And then I outsource uh, the mounting, which I am mounted on six sheets of acrylic with a, hanging mechanism so that it can be displayed without a frame. I really like the, the look of the artworks um, without a frame. And I make them in very small editions. like Harbinger is uh, an edition of five. And I call it an edition varier because I slightly rework the file um, with each print. So if you, each one is unique. If you If you look at them, you'll see And within an addition, you'll see very small variations. So with my aesthetics, um, to convey optimism and positive emotion, obviously palette is important. I always try and choose a palette that feels uplifting. Um, One minute. Splatter is something that I use a lot, as you can see in the center. I feel it's uplifting. It looks like it's something telling about the passing of the moment because it'll be maybe different uh, in the next moment. It looks like I just kind of shook a brush. Uh, Of course I didn't. Uh, If it was was an oil painting, I shook a brush against the uh, canvas. Um, I try and get an illusion of backlighting, which I feel is really uplifting to people. really universally Uh, because I do print them I want to keep this screen effect um, of backlighting. I work a lot in layers, um, transparent layers like this this piece was maybe 12 or 15 layers. Um, It is called Harbinger which uh, initiates a change, uh, a new era. I did it a couple of years ago before before COVID but it seems Relevant to me today. right. OK. It's a, it's a beautiful show. I'm so happy to be a part of it.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Talda. Glad to have you. All right. Next up, we have Holly Gordon. I'm going to pull up your work. All right, and Holly, you have the floor. Uh, You're muted, Holly. (laughs) I was about to ask with us. Uh, Hold on, let me find her. Hey, Holly, if you're trying to speak, uh, you're still muted, so...
9: Am I good now?
2: Yep, now you're good.
9: Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Yep. Um, Creating art is my voice, even though I was muted for a moment. Um, In 2006, I felt so embodied by Jackson Pollock as I was capturing the surging water crushing against the shores in the Keone Peninsula in Maui. And then in 2009, I used Nick software to create a body of images that I call water music. And I feel as though I have undressed mother nature to show her raw power, her muscles, her sinew. And it's, I rage against the horrors that are going on in the world, be it social and environmental. Uh, I've always wanted my photography to speak for Mother Nature because she has no voice. Years ago, I called my work Beyond Photography. And then several years ago, a reporter who was writing about my current photography, he called it liminal, which is transitional where society has no vocabulary for it, where the establishment doesn't know how to accept it. And that's when I knew that I would call my photography photo liminalism. And my work has just been floating out there because I create and whatever it catches on to wonderful. And then when I caught on to you guys, just i'm just so pleased to have to be part of this incredible platform
10: all hey,
2: right thank you holly
9: now if people are interested in seeing more of the water music it's on my website hollygordonphotographer.com i use the text Russianism hashtag on Instagram. That's how you found this piece. And
2: I'm so glad we're connected. All right. And both that information is actually available in the information tab on her piece um, when you go look at it. And the same can pretty much be said for every piece in this exhibition, just in case you were curious. All right. And thank you. Now, moving right along, we have Uli. So I'm gonna to get to your work really quick. All right. You have the floor, Uli.
11: Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm muted. Um, thank you, firstly, thanks so much for calling and Patrick for creating this amazing exhibition. And thanks so much, Davonte, for moderating this really brilliantly as always i'm really happy to be in the exhibition and in the community and the piece that is like now being scaled up closer to you is my ongoing work for uh, the alien artificial intelligence is my new character that is morphing and transforming between alien and artificial intelligence forms of life and what you see on screen is a new development of AG skin so this uh, the skin has lots of AG electrodes that read emo- emotions across alien AI body. And then it meant to connect to the AG on the audience. So the AG skin doesn't exist in science yet. So it's kind of my project in development. What exists for now is AG headset, which I used a number of my project, where you uh, put it on your head like a hat. And this device monitor your brainwave activity. But according to scientific research, emotions are not only a product of your brain, but rather emotions are products of your whole body. And so what I want to do with the alien is to actually draw on this scientific theory and collect emotions from the whole body rather than just from the head. And then the performance would be performed live and connect it with audience live with uh, whatever is happening being recorded and also broadcast as live projection so it's pretty much like uh live here and now peace all right
2: thank you uli that that's all correct
11: yeah un- unless like questions or whatever because <laughs> <laughs> we well, i understand must... that yes Shows on yeah. The
2: time. <laughs> yeah, as much as I'd like to have time for questions, we, we don't have too much time right now. But yeah, um, again, information for the artist is found in the information tab, that little i. So yeah, if you want to reach out to Uli, there's your information on her, on her work. And, and
11: thank really you. Thanks again.
2: And thank you. Thank you for your time, and your work. All right, so now moving right along, we have Karen. Let's see. Karen Karen, there you are. All right, Karen, you have the floor.
10: Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Um, my name's Karen LaFleur from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And the artwork that you're looking at here is called March into April Express. It's uh, part of a 12 month series that I did with musician, Nancy Tucker. Um, and each month we would just take our expression of that month, both visually in animation and in sound. Um, and it was really a wonderful project to be part of. So I'm happy to show a bit of it here. Um, March into April Express, uh, for me, expresses the transitional rush of winter into spring. Um, sort of that tug and vacuum that just uh, sort of accelerates and then suddenly we're blooming uh, with flowers in the spring. Um, I started with technology in 1981. Um, And like many of the artists here, we were all sort of in our own studios doing our own thing. And I've worked through a bunch of different stages in technology until the present. And I found that the animation adds a whole new layer of expression for me in my work, which I'm really delighted with. And then I came across Texpressionism, gathering group movement. Um, And I suddenly had a term to express what I had been doing since 1981. So thank you, Colin and everyone, for giving voice uh, to all our creativity. enjoy the show and i thank everybody for their talents and efforts to make the show possible
2: all right thank you so much karen your work is wonderful thank you all right next up we have sue all right sue sue Sue. there you are sue
4: Cool. Okay, so this work is actually um, a digital version of a painting that I've made. Um, My work is about sensory thresholds and transformation. So I use uh, painting, electronics and programming to transform already existing work. So in this case, I have used um, a well-known artist called Arthur Boyd in Australia, well-known in Australia um, and transformed his work. Um, The reason I do this uh, using other people's work is that I feel that um, uh, a lot has already been said about problems in the world like racism, poverty, war and climate that I felt like it's already been said so I'm not going to say it again so I'll use someone else's work to uh, talk about what they were talking about—that's terrible. I explain it, but yeah, that's what this um, work is about. And that's it, really.
2: All right. Well, thank you, Sue. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a bunch of different ways to continue or expand upon a conversation, and that's just that's just the nature of it. But thank you for your time, and thank you for your work. All right, and next up we have Steve Miller. Get to
6: your work, Steve. Great, thank hey, here you. We uh, are. Yeah, thanks, Davo. Um, Colin, everyone that's been involved with this, Patrick, Helen, uh, the presentation is just really clean. And my journey started, you know, early in the eighties using computers and understanding computers for a new visual language. And I started collaborating uh, and seeking out uh, people that were working in this language, which was usually scientists. So um, this particular piece is from 2007. I had been working previously at Brookhaven National Labs. And through Brookhaven, I did a, a, a thing about cork gluon plasma relating that to Neolithic Chinese pottery. And along the journey I met, um, I was uh, recommended to talk to this guy named Rod McKinnon who had been using the synchrotron light source at Brookhaven to do X-ray crystallography of human proteins. So this piece is actually one of uh, Rod's models of human protein that's made from one of the algorithms that makes these 3D models of protein and some have hit notes so I actually copied his notebooks and photographed them and then silkscreened them onto the canvas. And this show about, you know, inside the body, but in a very abstract way, um, during the time we were working together, it was just fortuitous that Rod became the 2003 Nobel Prize winner in chemistry for figuring out how ions move across cell membranes. And he had, uh, there was another, Uh, curator that was interested in in showing this work and that was uh shown as a solo exhibition at brandeis university and then at the national academy of sciences in washington dc so it's it's the you know the essence of what you know colin started out as a, a studio assistant he became a collaborator i'd say at this point he's my mentor and colin got me interested in uh, the internet, which allowed me to get my domain, which is pretty ordinary, stevebiller.com. I was lucky to get there uh, because I knew about these things. So this is the kind of part of the journey where I was also really in love with the history of paint and the idea that you could express something through the liquid quality of the material of paint. It also, you know, conveniently mirrored the kind of fluid of the body since we're mostly water. So this exploration of how cells communicate through these positively charged ion in this water environment all came together in this body of work. Thank you.
2: All right, thank you, Steve. also apologies for the uh, weirdness of the presentation. I'm not sure what happened, but it wasn't letting me uh, zoom in the way I wanted to, but. Uh, presentation's great, you guys did an awesome job, thank you. All right, thank you. All right, and next up,
3: we have Cynthia. By the way, real quick before Cynthia starts, um, I have to go teach, so the one thing is, it's been an honor working on, on, on this project, and thank you all so much for, uh, um, being part of this and um, you know, it's it's been a really sublime experience, but I teach it, I teach at two o'clock central time. So anyway, have fun everyone and uh, enjoy, thank you. Thanks Thanks, Patrick.
12: (laughs) Okay. Thanks. Thanks Patrick. Have a great (laughs) one. So uh, I want to start by thanking everybody, um, especially Patrick who just had to leave, but he's the one who told me about the group um tech specialism has just been wonderful can everyone hear me by the way yep good because i'm using an older apple thing i'm in my co-working space because we have a storm here today so my internet wasn't working at home Uh, (laughs) that anyway um, so this has just been really wonderful to me Uh, i also started being digital in the early 80s and i put a lot of my energy into the new media world, which I think is not up to speed on the way in which all of these technologies have come together to create a kind of expressive way of working. Uh, I like what Patrick said about the wheel was once new technology, and I feel that for myself, Printing, scanning, digital photography are all new technologies that have opened doors. And uh, it's wonderful to be in a group where other people seem to be recognizing how those are, how important those innovations are, even though they're just ubiquitous today. So, and I would have to do my thank yous in case I ran out of time. So <laughs> thank you to Suzanne Menendur at the University of Rhode Island and all the researchers in her lab who have brought me into the world of Plankton, kind of indirectly from my teaching at RISD, but eventually there. And now I'm the artist in residence working with them. Um, A lot of the imagery that you're gonna see was captured by a student, um, Jason Shagler. And I also wanna thank Leah Caroline, um, because as you see, there's Hebrew text in my work and I don't read Hebrew. So um, Leah Caroline, who's an artist helped me decipher so that I the work is more spiritually referential and universal and I actually don't have any appearances of the word God in the text in the final version. So oh, um, so my work is combining microphotography of plankton, um, drawings of plankton that I did on paper and scanned, and this odd combination with Hebrew manuscripts, And then I do some inexpensive printing out. Thanks to the pandemic, I discovered that Zazzle does big cheap (laughs) prints. And so I can get these like $11 prints and draw directly on them. And so everything kind of came together for me. Um, I have been trying to keep these bodies of work separate, um, cultural heritage work in one category, scientific imaging in another category. I'm committed to plankton, developing empathy with plankton because without plankton we die and yet people don't see them see the plankton so it's a bit of my contribution to climate change but one path into it i think is this reference that's in this i'm using hebrew manuscript from cairo from um, the year 1008 it's now called the leningrad codex so it's because it's in the library in leningrad saint petersburg whatever Um, and i i found oddly that they just came together that in the original biblical text it's not intended to be read either because it uses mycography little writing so that's kind of a reference if people want to go study the bible they can but i think of it as a more universal reference and that's how i feel about um it it works with the plankton i bet the forms are similar the patterns are similar um i don't know why Uh, i think if we look cross-culturally at lots of cultures there are patterns that are also repeated in nature so it came together and i'm so happy this show is so incredibly wonderful i'm just sitting here many of the artists i've known for a long time many of the artists are new to me people working on similar themes and very different ones but It's just inspirational. So thank you. So I think that's kind of
2: it. All right, thank you, Cynthia. Okay. It's been a pleasure.
12: Thanks.
2: All right, and next up we have Deanne. Yep. Deanne, there's your work.
13: Thanks,
6: Davo. Yeah, um, no problem.
13: To uh, Colin and Patrick as well for this exhibition. It's really awesome to see the huge variety of work uh, being produced in, through to expressionism. Um, so my work is—I uh, came to digital out of necessity, um, developing severe reactions to any regular art making materials—and. Um, where i start every piece is with automatic drawing so i really don't come in sometimes i have a theme in mind but i don't necessarily come into an idea of what exactly the work is going to be and so this one is untitled because i'm still not exactly sure where it came from Um, usually it reveals itself to me over time but this one is still kind of in in progress in my mind Um, and it it'll probably eventually find its way into a series i just haven't figured out what that series is yet um the other thing i wanted to say that is that having come into this group and sort of found my people as it were as everyone else uh, other people have commented um i love that i can look at this show and i immediately can recognize an artist now whereas i wouldn't necessarily have known that before so um thanks for giving us this platform to share. It's been really awesome.
2: Thank you. And like thank it's you. it's been awesome for us to <laughs> just put that out there. Oh, do you have something else to say? Colin, was that
1: you? Uh, no, I was just saying um, thank you as well. And oh, for okay. anyone that, that came in late, um, I put this in the chat. But if you are in the show and you want to um, say something about your work, Um, Please place your name in the chat if you've not done so already.
2: We are currently 18 artists um, down that I have. So yeah, I think we still probably should have a bit more time to get pretty much everyone on this list anyway. Um, But next up we have our second Cynthia. Ah, which I don't have the thing pulled up, so that's why that's not working. So give me one second. Uh, uh, There we go.
6: All right.
14: Okay, thank you, um, Devante, for um, getting my piece there in focus. Can everyone hear me?
2: Yep, we can hear you.
14: Okay. First of all, I'm Cynthia Donato from Rhode Island on the East Coast of the USA. And I, like others, are honored and humbled to be part of this exhibit. Um, the exhibit, I think, is extraordinary. I can only imagine the work that it took to create this virtual exhibit. Um, that involves using technology as well. And um, I thank you all. Uh, you know, for making it possible for me to be a part of this. First of all, let me say I'm interested in mind landscapes, uh, dealing with the natural world, dealing with oppression, dealing with consciousness, uh, also dealing with quantum mechanics. And I say that term um, as a layperson. Uh, I am not a scientist, but I am fascinated by it and its implications uh, for our world and our worldview. I primarily use an iPad pro and an Apple pencil. And I did use that with this piece, but this piece has a history. The background, as you see, was formerly a analog water media piece, uh, that was done several years ago and it has been, um, reborn. Why? Because lately, I've been working with um, creating 2D sculptural pieces using, again, uh, the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil. And in this particular piece, I am exploring quantum mechanics, in particular, entanglement. And so the beaming pieces, let me get rid of that. Sorry, apologize for that. The beaming uh, star-shaped pieces, uh, as you can see, have some sort of connection to one another. There's some dotted lines. And um, therefore, this uh, connection is occurring in there, as it does uh, in entanglement. That's one minute. Uh, It, I, it also was reborn because I was able to create layers in which I was able to create that sculptural piece you see in the front that helps to provide uh, depth, And of course, uh, I added motion to the piece. I want to say thank you again. And that's about it.
2: All right, thank you, Cynthia.